You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Let's stand. Genesis chapter 39. We're going to begin reading in verse 7 here in a moment. Now, I have uh, preached from this text before, um, but just in, in my Bible reading, the Lord just brought it up to me again. And this is, this is such, such an important mindset, I believe, to um, our Christian lives. And it's something that's so convicting to me every time I read it. And so I, I just wanted to bring it, bring it to you all again. Um, again, just because it, it's, I, I, it's been very helpful to me and very convicting. And so I, I hope it will be to you tonight as well. I think most of you would be uh, familiar with Joseph. The life of Joseph. Um, he, he was the 11th out of 12 brothers from his father uh, Jacob. He was the favorite son of his father Jacob. Uh, but not only that, then God had a promise uh, to Joseph that he would one day rule over his family, rule over his siblings. And if you have younger siblings, uh, or if you have older siblings, um, I'm sorry, if you have siblings and your younger sibling uh, tries to take charge, you know, that's not a very good idea. If you're, if you're the younger sibling, don't try that because uh, it might not end well for you. I've done it. I've been there. Don't do it. Um, but obviously, Joseph's brothers didn't like that very much. He, he was the 11th brother, um, and God had this plan for Joseph that he was going to rule over him. So they, they didn't like that very much, so they decided to try and kill him. But then they decided against that, and, and they decided to sell him into slavery. Um, but even through all that, even though he was sold into slavery by his brothers, then God blessed Joseph's life immensely. And he ended up being a highly favored slave in the land of Egypt and ended up being second in command in Potiphar's house. And this is where we find Joseph today. So look at, look at verse 7 of Genesis chapter 39, verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not, he doesn't know what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and he was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in in Hebrew unto us to mock us. And he came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And long story short, long story short, Joseph goes through all this, and Potiphar's wife accuses him um, of this, even though he, he did nothing wrong. There was no fault in Joseph. He was able to overcome this temptation. And I think this can be a huge help to us um, in seeing how Joseph um, overcame this temptation. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll get right into it. God, I'm thankful for the day, and I'm just thankful for the health and the ability to be here. And obviously, uh, during this time, we don't want to take that for granted, and, and we do want to pray for those that are out right now. I pray that you'll 
uh, grant them a, a quick healing and they can come back to us in, in fellowship uh, with us once again. And I just pray that you will um, speak to our hearts tonight. And I, I'm thankful how you've used this uh, principle throughout my life and, and how you've uh, even just convicted me about it in the last uh, week or so. And, and so I pray that it will be uh, convicting to um, us as a whole tonight as well. And, and I know you can use it. I pray you'll speak uh, through me and, and in spite of me. And I pray you just, um, again, help us to, to change from, from what we hear tonight. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. A man once said, when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment or the moment defines you. I'm not sure what you think about when you think of a defining moment, but when I hear those words, I think of one decision or one moment in, in someone's life that characterizes the rest of that person's life, whether it's for good or for bad. Um, as most of you may know, I'm a huge sports fan. I love sports illustrations. I love anything sports. Um, and when I think of, of one moment that defines someone for the rest of their lives, I think of several things. I almost um, brought up an illustration of a Minnesota kicker who ruined uh, the Vikings' chance at a Super Bowl a few years ago. Some, some old-timers may remember that. Um, thought of that, thought of several, several different things. Um, but one, and I think it's probably the most famous, is for Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner played for the Boston Red Sox, and he amassed over 2,700 hits. And he, he has an assist record in the AL that stands today. And he overall just had a, he had a pretty good career in the MLB. He, he should be a Hall of Famer. Um, but he's, he's not really ever going to be considered for the Hall of Fame because of, of one mistake that occurred during Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. So it, it was the bottom of the ninth inning when Mookie Wilson of the Mets hit a slow ground ball towards first base. And instead of just completing a, a routine play, then Buckner tried to, just, uh, uh, he, he tried to catch the ball, but he rushed it. He rushed the play, causing the ball to, to roll between his legs. You can watch the video. And it went into right field, allowing the runner to score and end up them losing the game. And if, if, he, if he just made that play, they were most likely going on to win the World Series. But instead, they lost the game. They went on to game seven and lost that game as well. And they continued their World Series drought. It, it was from 1918 to 2004. The, the, the closest they'd ever been to winning a World Series, and Bill Buckner let it go right in between his legs. So he, he would be blamed, obviously, as if I was a Red Sox fan, I'd blame him as well. Um, but he, he was blown, bl blamed for this drought, the, the, continu the continuation of the drought, and would be hated by most Red Sox fans for his entire life. He, he received death threats because of it. Um, but it's because he let that one moment define him in, in, instead of defining it himself. You know, and I feel like there are, there are some people in here who have been in Bill Buckner's shoes. They, they have let some moments define them instead of defining a moment. And, I, and I'd like to admit, I, I, I probably have had more of those moments than, than I would like to admit. Um, but here in our text, J, J, Joseph is faced with one of these defining moments. But instead, he gives us a good example of how to define this moment. With the Lord's help, he defined that moment instead of letting it define him. So just again, Joseph has been brought to Egypt. He's been sold into slavery by his brothers, betrayed by his family. He was made a slave, but the Lord was with him. 
the Lord really blessed, um, blessed him because he, he was faithful to his duties. And so Potiphar made him overseer of, of everything that he had in his house. He was second in command. Um, everything was going fine and, fine and dandy until this moment uh, here in verse 7. So here, here in verse 7, I'll, I'll read it again. And it came to pass after these things, after Joseph has been promoted, given all this responsibility, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, lie with me. So Joseph here is tempted by Potiphar's wife uh, to commit adultery with her. You get down to verse 7, it says, And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. So Joseph's temptation was not just a, a one-time occurrence. It, it was a daily battle. And this is important for us to remember because many of us, when we face temptations, are tempted to sin. Uh, it's not normal that you, you just say no one time and then, and then it's over. No, it's typically a, a daily battle. That's why I believe it's so important for us to, to learn how Joseph was thinking, what was guiding him when he went through this temptation, um, because what he was thinking, what he did, led to victory over temptation, a, a strong temptation. So you look at verses, verse 11, and, and it seems like the temptation has come to a head here. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Now this seems like it's been the strongest temptation so far. And here's Joseph. He's in a foreign land. He doesn't know anybody. He's surrounded by Egyptians that could care less about who Joseph really was, what God wanted for Joseph. He could have thought, you know, what do I have to lose? Nobody knows me here. They wouldn't even know. Look at what I've been through. Look at all the trials I've been through. Nobody would blame me. Now, I'm basically second in command. I'd, I've got all this power, and, and Mrs. Potiphar is above me, so, so she would be the one to blame. What, what's the harm? Joseph could have used his hard circumstances and his trials as an excuse to, to fall to this discontentment and sin. He, he really had all the excuses that anybody could ask for in this situation. You know, when I think of what Joseph went through in his life, all the hard things, the, the trials that he went through, the, the betrayal of, of his brothers and, and all of it, I get so convicted because out of all people, you, you would think that, that Joseph had enough reasons and enough right to complain and, and really justify whatever emotions, thoughts um, that, that he could have going through all that. And many times you and I can go through trials and, and, and it can be big ones. We lose a loved one, go through a health scare, you, you desire something so deeply that the Lord just hasn't given it to you yet. You, you have a hard time at work. You, you lose your job. You struggle with your family. Or, or you, you just get sick. You, you struggle with some things. We go through trials. And, and a lot of times, unlike Joseph, then we use these things as an excuse to, to slack off in our relationship with the Lord. To slack off in our, our, our church attendance or, or our Bible reading, our prayer life. Even our, our trust and dependence on God. A lot of times we try and use our trials and the things that we go through, though very serious, as an excuse to retreat into ourselves. We, we, we doubt God. And I, I'm not trying to belittle the, the trials and, and the, the hard times that we go through. Because um, there, there are people in this room that, that have gone through so, so much. Um, but I know the tendency in my life is to, is to let little things, even my trials, my struggles, even the littlest things as excuses to, to slack off in my relationship with the Lord and, and with 
um, was his people. And, and we can really go through some hard stuff as God's people. But if, if Joseph didn't use these trials, these hard things as an excuse to disregard his loyalty to God, then neither should we. We, we ought not find any excuse uh, to slack off in our relationship with the Lord. No, but Joseph didn't fall to any, any of these thoughts, any of these excuses. He, he had victory over this temptation. It says he, he fled and he, he got him out. He, he, let, he, he went so fast, he, he left his coat there. Um, but how, how did Joseph overcome this, this temptation? No, I want to tell you, it's not, it, it, it didn't happen by accident. But overcoming victory over a temptation like this doesn't just happen by default. It, it, it's not just going to happen by accident. There was a principle that helped Joseph and, and that helped him define this moment. I think it can help us uh, as we try to define some of these moments in our lives as well. Look at verses 8 and 9. Here's Joseph's response. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? But Joseph, had, Joseph acknowledged that he had been given so much by God. Everything that he had was from God, even, even in this hard time. And he recognized that his sin wouldn't just be against Potiphar or Potiphar's wife or, or against himself. It would be against God, the, the one who had given him so much, who had helped him so much so far through, through the trial. You know, I think that's something that, that we need to be reminded of. That our, our sin, it, it's not just against a brother or a sister. It's not against ourselves. It's against God, the one who has given us life, the one who has created us and made a way for salvation, who has blessed us with so many things that, that we don't deserve, that, that we don't deserve. And, and we, we get to enjoy so much. And that's the God that we sin against. We sin against him. If we would just remember that more, I, I think it would go a long way to us resisting temptation and resisting to sin. Because Joseph saw that he sinned against God, the one who had given him so much. He, he was sinning against God if, if he would partake in this, this temptation. But he, he knew that this temptation, it, it was not just one to, to commit adultery, but it was a temptation to be discontent with God and the things that he had given him. Joseph refused to, to focus on Potiphar's wife, the one thing that God had not given him. But he chose to focus on all the things that God had given him. Even, even in such a hard time, in such a trial, where he could have focused on all the things that he missed out on and all the opportunities that he missed out on or, or the one thing that, that he didn't have. But instead, Joseph overcame this temptation. He defined this moment by focusing on what God had given him instead of what he lacked. Joseph chose to be content with where God had had him in that moment and what he had wisely given and not given to Joseph. Joseph trusted God through every single one of his trials and successes because he, he knew that God was everything that he needed. God was the one who could provide exactly what he would need for every circumstance that he would face. God has given him everything that he has, so why, why would he become discontent with that? Just think, if, if Joseph had chosen to be content with, um, if, if Joseph had chosen not to be content with what God had given him, if he, if he had been discontent, how much different would this story be? How, how much different would Joseph's life be? 
you know, he, he probably would have just ended up as a lot of other men in the Bible who, who had fallen uh, to, the, to the hands of, um, of adultery. Just a ton of wasted potential. Joseph wouldn't have gone on to save the butler. He, he wouldn't be second in command to Pharaoh. He wouldn't prepare and save the nation for the coming famine and, and really just be, be an incredible witness for God or be, be reunited with this family, restored with this family, his brothers, and, and ultimately just be the Bible hero that he is to us today. You know, it, would, it would completely change how we see Joseph. This was a defining moment, and, and if I can say it this way, it was a defining mindset that, that made Joseph the man of God that he was. He didn't let that brief moment of temptation define his whole life in a bad way, but he defined the moment in the right way. Jo Joseph overcame temptation by focusing on what God had given him instead of what he lacked. But enough with Joseph. Let me ask you, how, how are you handling your temptations? There, there might be a defining moment for you in the near future. Could be tonight, could be tomorrow morning. How are you going to handle this moment? Is it going to define you or are you going to define it? Now let's face it, we, we all struggle with temptation. Wouldn't you agree? Amen. It's okay, it's okay to face it. It's okay, okay to admit it. We all face the temptation to sin on a daily and really multiple, multiple times a day, if you're honest with yourself. And I know we, we, we won't always face temptations like, like Joseph did um, in, in this situation, but I, I do believe that, that, the, that the mo most of the temptations that we face on a daily basis really have their roots in discontentment. If you don't think discontentment is, is a big deal, then you can go all the way back to, to the first sin um, in, in, in history. Go back to Adam and Eve. See how it went for them. Discontentment was a part of the very first sin um, in, in the ultimate fall of man. Two people chose to become discontent with all the things that, that God had given them. And, and, and chose to focus on the one thing that they were denied. Now, if Adam and Eve, who literally lived in a perfect world, they lived in a perfect world, walked side by side with God, if they could become discontent with what they had, and, and they struggled with discontentment, I think we can struggle with that too. And we can find it in, in a, lot, a lot of areas. I just want to touch on a, on a few practical areas in our lives where, where we can face discontentment. And just because th this is in the text, and I know it's not always comfortable or, or, or fun to talk about, um, but this is direct application from the text. For, for most men, and, and, and maybe even for some women in the room, well, a temptation that we face is being sexually pure, physically, mentally, whatever area it is. There's always a, a strong temptation to fall into lust, wrong thoughts, watching the wrong types of things, and, and in some cases, extreme cases, adultery. You know, it is a big deal, and... and it is easy, e even easier to, to fall to this sin, to this temptation um, in the culture that we have with, with the technology, with social media, all the different things that, that you have access to. It, it's so much easier to fall to this temptation. I wish we could go back to flip phones and having, having the Nokia brick. You know, it, it would save so much trouble. It really would. Um, but, but technology aside, no matter what it is, ultimately it comes down to whether or not you're going to be content uh, with the marriage that God has given you, or, or for teenagers, single people in the room, be content with, with who God has given you or, or who he hasn't given, given you. Being content with, with where you're at, the situation that you're in. And a, a lot of times, 
um, falling to this temptation, it, it ruins many wonderful, wonderful relationships. And if you don't conquer this temptation, if you don't define this moment, it could define the rest, if not the majority, of your life. It's a serious, serious deal. We, we have to take it seriously, especially in our culture. We've also gotten in real trouble as a country because of our lack of contentment, because of our discontentment. People have started to get so focused on what they are not, who, they're, who, who, who God made them to be. They become so discontent with who God made them to be that they, they physically want to change, them, change themselves, forever changing their lives. You know, it's really sad. This also happens to teenagers a lot as well, in that you, know, you see all these fake people on social media, on the internet, and they become so discontent with, with how God made them with their own bodies that they'll harm themselves because they're not content with, with how God made them. Discontentment is a huge, huge deal um, in our culture and, and even in our churches. How about the temptation for a better job or, or more money? You know, and th these things aren't always bad. It, it, it really isn't. But when it's rooted in, in discontentment and with, with where God has us or, or discontentment with, with what God provides for you, you know, and maybe it's taking away from a Sunday morning, Sunday night service, a Wednesday night service, that these things are vital to the spiritual growth of you, your family, and even this church. And you know, many times we get in trouble financially when we, we focus on, on a car that we don't have or, or focus on some clothes that, that we really want, the newest and, and greatest iPhone. Whatever it is, this, this way of thinking leads to discontentment, and a lot of times it just leads to a bunch of debt in bad decisions, and, and it's all rooted in discontentment. It's a miserable life. Not, not any child of God should, should be living uh, in that way. If you just choose to trust God and be content with where he has you, what he's given you, then he's going to take care of every single need that you have. You don't have to worry about, about where, where your next paycheck is going to come from because God's going to bless you if you just put him first. Be content with what God has given you. You know, teenagers and kids in the room, um, I, I know that at times there, there can be a temptation that you face becoming discontent with your parents, with, with the family that, that God has given you. And, and um, you know, it, it can be so easy to focus on all the things that, that your parents are not or your, your family um, is not, all the things um, that, that God hasn't given you. But you, but you first have to remember, no, nobody's perfect. You, you, you don't have perfect parents. You don't have a perfect family. But more importantly than that, God has placed you in the exact family, the exact situation, the exact siblings that, that you need um, in your life. If you don't choose to honor your parents, be thankful, be content with the family that God has blessed you, then you can truly ruin some relationships in your life. And, and you'll be in a place that you never thought you could be, you could be in. You know, as, a, as a conservative Christian teenager, it, it can be easy to become discontent with all the rules, the regulations that, that you feel like are, are, are put on you. You, you, you can't watch this. You, you can't listen to that. You can't hang out with these people. You can't wear that. And all this can, can be a, a major source of discontentment. Focus on all the things that, that, you, that you can't do or that you don't have. You just want to make the decisions that, that you, you want on your own and, and get out of the situation you're in. But we've talked about it. We talked about it recently. I promise you, if you let that discon discontentment rule your life, you know, it's not just going to stop after you leave the house. It's going to follow you the rest of your life. Don't, don't think once you get away from your parents or these rules or, or this church and, and all this stuff that you're suddenly just going to become content. It's not going to happen. 
you're, you're just going to keep looking for something more to satisfy you until ultimately you, you, you make a wreck of your life. I know there's people in this room who, who, have, who have followed that path and can testify that it's, it's a, miserable, a miserable path to follow. And, and it, it, we ought to be content with, with where God has us. Teenager don't, teenager, don't let discontentment define you. Focus on all the incredible blessings that, that God has given you in, in your family. Be content with where God, um, where God has you, what God has given you, because he's placed you exactly, exactly where you need to be. And, and, and in, Matthew, in Matthew 6, um, then it, it talks about, it talks about living and, and putting God first in our lives. And pastors talked about it before. It, it's not about what, what God wants to take from us and all these rules and regulations. It's really about what God wants to give us. If we'll put God first in our lives, then he's going to take care of every single need that we have. We're, we're, ne we're never going to have to be discontent because God gives us everything that we need if we will just seek to put him first in every area in our life. Now, there's so many areas where, where we can become discontent and where we, we can get focused on all the things that, that we don't have. All, all these things that, that, that a situation that, that we don't have or, or we want to be in. And we could go on and on and on. But if you continue to focus on all the things that you lack, sooner or later, you're, you will fall to temptation. Temptation is going to come. A, a moment's going to come. And instead of defining that moment, you've been focused on all the things that you don't have. You've been discontent. And you're going to fall to that temptation. That moment's going to define you. And, and it could define you for the rest of your life. The key to overcoming temptation, to, to define these moments, is to focus on what you've been giving instead of what you lack. It doesn't matter how perfect your situation may be. Because remember, Adam and Eve, they, they had it all. You, you will always be faced with a choice to either focus on God's blessings, the things that he has given you, or the things that he's wisely not put in your life, the things that he hasn't given you. I, I believe our greatest temptations and opportunities for, for the wrong kind of defining moments will come when our focus is set on the things that we don't have. When we, when we are becoming discontent. Now just think, if Joseph had decided that, that he wanted what the Lord hadn't given him in that moment, then, then he, he, would have lost, he would have lost all the potential that he had had. It, it, he chose not to let that moment of temptation with Potiphar's wife define him in the wrong way. But he chose to define that moment and be satisfied with where and what God had given him, what he had placed in his life. I believe that his response to that temptation defined him for the rest of his life. That's why, that's why we're talking about him today. And, and we, we can do, uh, he did some great things for the Lord. And we can be in that same spot if we will respond uh, to God in the right way. Well, there's, some, there's some in this room that are, are faced with temptations or defining moments on a daily basis, just like Joseph. We, we, all, we all face them. And if we're not careful, we'll be just, just like Bill Buckner. And, and we will let... Um, we'll let a moment define us, a moment of failure define us rather than a moment of, of success. I, I pray that that won't be you this evening. We, we can learn. We can learn from Joseph and, and choose to focus on all the incredible blessings that God has given us instead of those that he hasn't. If you, if you decide to embrace this mindset, and you'll open yourself up for God to use you no matter, no matter what situation you're in no matter what trial you're going through, no matter what hard situation you are in, if you will decide to focus on what you've been given instead of what you lack, then God can use your life in an incredible way. You can be an example 
of defining a moment, not letting it define you. Is there an area in your life right now where you are struggling with the temptation to become discontent, where you're focusing on, on something that, that God hasn't given you? If there is, you can give that to him tonight. You can choose to focus on what God has given you instead of what you lack. You can define the moment. You can overcome temptation by focusing on what God has given you instead of what you lack. Let's stand. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.